The title of the message this morning is Building a Blessed Heritage for Your Offspring. If you're making notes, I encourage you to write that down. Building a Blessed Heritage for Your Offspring. How many of you can say, well, that's what you would love to do, build a blessed heritage for your offspring? You can turn so long to the scripture that's on your screen, Proverbs 13, verse 22. Now, Talking about this aspect of heritage, I'd like to suggest to you that there are perhaps three broad categories of heritage that people receive. There are probably many more, but in broad terms, three broad categories. And the first I'd like to suggest to you is those who have received a blessed heritage from their forefathers. It is a blessed heritage. Would you say blessed heritage? And in a situation like that, there is a, a godly family, there is a godly upbringing that has taken place, and there is a heritage of faith that is evident in that family. I would suggest then there's also those who have received what I would call an average heritage. An average heritage would be not specifically Christian, but fairly good morals in the family. There wasn't abuse or violence in the home. There was a stable environment. And then the third broad category, I would suggest, is those who have received a challenging heritage. So the one is a blessed heritage. The other one is just an average heritage. And then those who've received a challenging heritage, this is where there are serious problems in the family. The family does not serve and honor God. Doors were opened historically to the enemy. The enemy was given a foothold in their lives. And there's history of curses in the family and wickedness. In a situation of a heritage like this, there could be things like idolatry. There could be things like Freemasonry, which has brought curses into the family. There could be things like ancestral worship. There could be things like abuse. And so therefore, it is a rough heritage, a challenging heritage. Let me ask you this question this morning. This is my question. What kind of a heritage did you receive in your life. Think about that for a moment. What kind of a heritage did you receive? I can say that I am so deeply grateful to the Lord, and I'm humbled to say that the Lord blessed me with a good heritage and a blessed heritage. Parents and grandparents that served the Lord and and I also want to say to you that this local congregation is, I believe, the outflow of a blessed heritage of things that came before me. It was from previous generations. A blessed heritage can be a powerful thing in subsequent generations. And so I want to just say to you, if you, sir, ma'am, if you received a blessed heritage I want to encourage you sometime that you will get out on your knees and you will thank the Lord that you have those blessings. You should get out and thank Him, Lord. Say thank you so much for the blessings that I have received. We need to be grateful and appreciative of what has, God has given us. But also, 
For those who have not received a blessed heritage, I want to say to you, there is hope. There is hope. Can anybody say amen? amen? So look in your Bibles, please. It won't appear on the screen. Proverbs 13 verse 22 says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. That's easy enough to memorize and say with me. Say that with me. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Now, I'd like to look at a few aspects, basically three aspects that touch on this aspect of building a blessed heritage for your offspring. And the first point I'd like to make is that you can build a brand new and blessed heritage. It doesn't matter what kind of a heritage you've received. There is good news for you today that you can build a new heritage, a blessed heritage, a heritage that will continue even by God's grace for generations to come. And so I want to encourage people that got off to a rough start in life that it's not over till God says it's over. Am I right? It's not over. And so you may have very well started off with a disadvantage, but with God, you can end off with an advantage. Amen? Absolutely. You may have been previously disadvantaged, but with God, you can be subsequently advantaged. You may have been born into poverty, but with God, you can be brought into provision. You may have been born under a curse. But I want to tell you, God can remove and lift and break curses over your life, and you can be blessed and restored through God. You may have been born into failure in life, but I want to tell you, you can be born again to overcome. The Bible says whatever is born of God overcomes the world. When you are born again of the Spirit of the Lord, you know what happens? It's like God regenerates you on the inside and you receive the DNA of an overcomer, the spiritual DNA of Christ, the ultimate comer, overcomer. And it is through Christ that we overcome. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph through Christ Jesus. You may have been born into a situation of setbacks in your life. But with God, you can be repositioned for a comeback. You may have been faced with a bad bloodline. You came into a bad, bad bloodline. But you know, with God, you can be graced with the blood of the Lamb. And that simply changes everything. I like what Reinhard Bonker says. Reinhard Bonker says, God wants to take you from a minus to a plus. If I was to try to do it in his accent, God wants to take you from a minus to a plus. He does. He wants to take you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He wants to take you from being an enemy of God to being in the full favor of God in his grace where God says, no longer do I call you servants or slaves, but now I call you friends. Now, just to clarify, when I'm referring to heritage, I'm not specifically referring to material possessions, although it can include that. What I am referring to is a good reputation, opportunity, 
benefit, spiritual heritage, blessing, a good name. Do you know the Bible says that a good name is worth far more than silver or gold. Another translation says far more than great riches. When I talk about heritage, I'm also talking about favor. And yes, I'm including in this material provision because I believe it is biblical. My grandfather on my mom's side, his name, Ralph Am, he went to be with the Lord some years ago. But he was a man who loved God and he honored God. He was a devout follower of Jesus. He was also wise and careful with his money. He was never a very wealthy man at all. He worked on the mines his whole life. But he was diligent and he was wise. And you know what? One day when he passed away, he left some money to his daughters, but also he gave an amount to each one of his grandchildren. It wasn't a massive amount. It wasn't tiny, but it was still an amount that he left. And that reminds me of the scripture that's on your screen, Proverbs 13, 22. It says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. The same verse in the contemporary English version says, if you obey God, that's like being a good man, a good woman. If you obey God, you will have something to leave your grandchildren. Wow. One of the theologians by the name of John Gill, he comments on this passage. He says, the good man not only has sufficiency for the present support of himself and family, but is so prospered and succeeded as to leave an inheritance after him, which is enjoyed not only by his immediate offspring, but theirs also. Because, listen to this, it was honestly attained, it wears well, it lasts well. Wow, I like that. And so I want to say to you today, I want to encourage you to get a fresh vision for a blessed future right from where you are into your family in the future. Some of you may have never thought about this, but I want to tell you God can distinctly change a, a bloodline. I'm talking especially in, a, in terms of a bad bloodline. It could be a whole new beginning, and we need to get a vision to say, God, I'm going to trust you to bless my life, that I will walk in the favor and the grace of the Lord, and that the children that come after me will experience this as well. And I want to say to you, get a vision, get a vision, get a vision for this, because it is something that God wants to do in your life. And imagine if in years to come, People are looking at the family tree of your family and you've passed away maybe years ago and they point to you on the family tree and you say, you know, it was, it was that uncle or it was that grandmother or it was that mother and you know what happened in this situation? They came to Christ. They were converted. They began to serve the Lord with everything. They began to pray for the family. They began to evangelize the family and as a result of that, our entire heritage has changed because of one person. And I want to say to you that you could very well be that one person that turns things around in your situation if you will put God first. Because the word says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Come on, tell the person next to you, get a vision for the blessing of the future. Tell them that. Get a vision for a blessed future, a blessed heritage. 
Number two, the way in which you live can generate blessings for your children. Won't you say this aloud with me? The way in which you live can generate blessings for your children. In your Bible, please turn so long to Psalm 112, and we're going to look at the first six verses. As you turn in there, I want to say this. Listen up. The way in which you live matters. Your children are watching you. People around about you are watching you. Your Father in heaven is also watching you. And so the way in which you live certainly matters. And you know what? It's so wonderful. It's so wonderful when a person decides that they will live in the fear of the Lord. When a person decides, well, I am going to honor God. It's such a beautiful and a righteous decision. Psalm 112, verse 1 to 6. Praise the Lord. Amen. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He, this is the upright person, is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken, and the righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. It's a beautiful passage. The Lord bless the reading of his holy word. Amen. Amen. Just uh, three or four little phrases I'd like to highlight out of that passage. The first is verse 2. It's on your screen. His descendants will be mighty on earth. This is the descendants of a good man or a good woman. I want to tell you that God wants our children to influence the world around them. Some children are of the opinion that they can't do anything. But I want to tell you that God wants to use our children to influence the world around about them. He wants our children to influence their school environment their campus, when they get their first job that they begin to influence there. Later on in life, he wants them to influence, I don't know, on the local school parents association or the ward committee. He wants our children to influence their friends. Our children should not be the one being influenced by the world, but we are salt and light, and God wants to use our children to be mighty in the land. And so I want to say that we need to shake off this thing of, no, I can never amount to anything. No, by God, you can. And you can be a person of influence because it says his descendants will be mighty on earth. Verse 2 as well, it's on your screen. It says, the generation of the upright will be blessed. This is a powerful scripture. Can you say this with me? The generation of the upright will be blessed. Now, do you know what that means? It means simply this. That if you will serve God in integrity, your children automatically become blessed of the Lord. That's what the Bible says. So it matters how you live your life. Because of the blessings that you can bring into the life of your children. What a responsibility we have 
to live a life that is honorable to God. And so I want to encourage you, be an honorable person. It was Jabez who was more honorable than his brothers. The scripture says, why was he more honorable? I don't know. Maybe he just had a a fear of the Lord at a greater level. Maybe he just decided, I'm going to please God. Even though my brothers are are messing around with stuff, I'm going to please God. Also, uh, verse 3, it says, wealth and riches will be in his house. Now, I know that when we talk about wealth and riches in the context of church, people get a little uh, uneasy because there have been many weird preachers that preach and, you know, they've got all the diamonds on their lapels and they go, and they shake and they go, they got towels and they, you know, wipe off the sweat and they say, God's going to bless you, you know, and uh, you send in your hundred dollars and God's, I'm not into that stuff at all. I believe so so much of that is manipulation and nonsense. But let me tell you, there is an undeniable link between fearing the Lord and God's provision in your life. Because the Bible says so. Of the upright man, that wealth and riches will be in his house. Verse 4, it appears on the screen. It says, unto the upright there arises light into the darkness. And I want to say to you, if you will be a person that will honor God in your life, you know what will happen? He can turn disastrous environment that you might be facing into a whole new reality of blessing under the hand of the Lord. What a wonderful God we serve. Can we give the Lord a hand of praise? Because He takes you out of the miry clay and He sets your feet on the rock. God establishes us. The more we surrender and give our lives, the more he establishes us in his ways as mighty oaks of righteousness. Now, I'd like to share with you just briefly how God did this for my grandfather. Now, this is on my dad's side of the family. And how basically God, uh, with my grandfather, he was facing a darkness situation when he came into the world and how God turned that darkness into light. And let me mention the following. My grandfather, born in 1902, lived until 1980. I only knew him for the first six years of my life. Reuben Rabbit. But he got off to a rough start. There might be some of you today, you can relate to that. You got off to a rough start. He was born in Fort Jackson, just outside East London in 1902. And he was born into poverty. That's the life he came into. He had nine siblings in the family. They had big families back then. The family was completely unconverted. And my grandfather, as a young boy, young man, he started working in a trading shop where they sold tobacco and sold other supplies. My grandfather's father, Reuben's father, was an alcoholic of note, and he died a drunkard. So would you say my grandfather came into a rough context? He certainly did. But there was a change. And he converted to the Lord Jesus in his early 20s. I want to tell you, no one can change your life like the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so he was converted in early 20s, began serving the Lord in sincerity. 
he would walk to church barefoot a long distance and then he would put his shoes on because he always wanted to look neat and tidy in the house of the Lord. Only two weeks after his conversion, he started a Sunday school. And then shortly after, he felt convicted for selling tobacco, although he never smoked and never touched liquor. But because of that conviction, he decided he had to do something else. So he moved out of that trading store and he began to grow his own carnations and sell the carnations. And that was the way in which he provided for himself. A little bit after that, he went into the building trade and God began to bless his life. God blessed him. My grandfather built three blocks of flats, dozens of houses. He was involved either partially or fully in the construction of about six Baptist churches in the East London area. I can even give you their names. He served as a lay preacher, and he always gave himself to the local church. He also, together with my grandmother, Nellie Rabert, they supported some students that were studying at the Baptist Theological College that couldn't afford to pay for their uh, tuition, and he supported them. He also bought a, a lovely little farm in the Eastern Cape, which, thanks to the Lord, is still in our family today. And not only are the grandchildren, but the great-grandchildren able to go and enjoy times there. But here's the point, folks. He came from nothing, but God brought him into an entirely new space because he honored God, God honored him. And the same thing applies for you today. If you will honor God, God will honor you. Come on, can somebody get more excited about that? If you will honor God, God will honor you. And even though he had a rough start, he trusted God. And God brought him into a whole new experience. My last point, which is very brief. Don't be discouraged if you received a troubled heritage. Because you know what, folks? You have an amazing inheritance in Christ Jesus. Let that sink in. You have an amazing inheritance. Listen to what the scripture says. It says in Ephesians 1 verse 18 in the NIV, it's on your screen, it says, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Now look at this. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. So when I say to you, you have an amazing inheritance, it is not an exaggeration because you have a glorious inheritance. Won't you tell the person next to you, nudge them, say, you have a glorious inheritance. Come on. You have a glorious inheritance. It also says in Colossians 1 verse 12, it says, giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified us, the Father has qualified you, listen to this, to be partakers of the inheritance. And I want to say, the moment you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, you become a partaker in that glorious spiritual inheritance. And so folks, I want to say to you, I want to encourage you that you begin to get a fresh vision, that God can use your life dramatically in your whole lineage to change the course of things into the future. God can use your life to dramatically affect the blessings that come on your children. 
And I believe that by faith, God is stirring people's hearts today. And for some of you, you need to get, you need to get almost like a little bit of holy anger within you that you say, I've had enough of the enemy running roughshod over my life, and I'm going to begin to believe for what God has in store, for what He's promised in His Word, that from my generation onwards, the blessing will begin to come if it hasn't come. Give the Lord a hand of praise and say amen. Amen. Won't you stand with me right now? Let's stand together. I'm going to pray. Please, nobody leaving at this point in time, unless it's the hospitality team. They're getting ready to serve coffee and tea. I'm going to pray a prayer. And why don't we just, like simple children, just begin to believe God for His Word to be made manifest. Now, as I'm about to pray, I want to read just this one scripture. Isaiah 59, verse 21. And it says, the Lord speaking, this is my covenant with them, my spirit who is upon you, and my words, God says, which I have put in your mouth, shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants, from this time forevermore. You know what the significance of that is? It means that the Word of God is in one generation and it goes into your children and it goes into your grandchildren and it grows into your grandchildren. So Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. I do believe that faith has been stirred in hearts today. And we come before you, Lord, and for those of us who have received a blessed heritage, we honor you, King Jesus. For those of us who have not, and we've had a, a rough heritage, we come and say, Lord, begin a new work in us today. From this moment forward, we declare that our house will be blessed. From this day will I bless you, declares the Lord. We take your promises, and we declare that your faithfulness is, as you have said it, from generation to generation. Now we pray, Lord, work that righteousness in us by the blood of Jesus. But in addition to the righteousness work by the blood of Jesus, we determine in our hearts that we will live rightly, that we will honor you, that we will reject bribes, that we will not steal, that we will honor the Lord our God, and we will live as people of integrity. And we thank you, Lord, right now, we begin to see the blessing coming on our children. With the eyes of faith in your heart, would you begin to see your children being more blessed than they are? Would you begin to see subsequent generations becoming more and more blessed and more blessed? And Lord, we say we give you all of the honor and the thanks, for our God is good. Would you say aloud, amen, and put your hands together and bless the Lord. Somebody say hallelujah.